following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. And we'll look at uh, verse 45, John 11, beginning in verse 45. Here the Bible says, Then came, or said, Then many of the Jews uh, which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we for this man doeth many miracles? If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest, that same year said unto them, You know... Uh, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake uh, he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation and not for that nation only, but uh, that also he should, be, uh, should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then uh, from that day forth uh, took they counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his, his disciples. And uh, the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the, in the temple, What think ye, that he will uh, not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and Pharisees have given commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show it that they might take him. For this passage of Scripture, I hope to finish this chapter uh, this morning as we talk about the fulfillment of the glory of God, the fulfillment of the glory of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this opportunity to come and uh, worship the Lord this morning. Father, thank you for those who've come to be with us in this Sunday school hour. And Father, I pray for those who could not be with us. And Father, I pray for those who are sick and struggling with difficulties. And Father, we pray you'd be a blessing to them. Father, thank you for all you've done for us in our building project. And Father, we know by the grace of God, we'll finish, we'll finish on time and things will work. And Father, Bless those who've helped, and Father, bless especially this time as we look into thy word and see these truths. Father, teach us, draw us near to thee, help us, Lord, to love you and trust you and live for you as we ought, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, the fulfillment of the glory of God, the fulfillment of the glory of God. We find in verse 45 that as Christ has raised Lazarus from the dead, that it did have a positive effect on many uh, that watch. And then came many of the Jews which came uh, to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus didn't believe in. And folks, what a blessing when people get saved by the grace of God. And that was one of the, the goals that uh, Christ himself was shooting for. Not He was not again. Uh, it was, this was not a sideshow entertainment, but uh, rather he had a purpose in reaching out uh, to folks with Christ. If you will, look with me to John 1. John 1. And looking at verse 11, it's sad that not all who saw all the things that Jesus did and heard his word would receive him. The Bible says in John 1, 11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Many of the Jews that Christ preached to and he did good uh, for did not all receive him. 
They saw the miracles. They saw the things that God had done for his people, and yet uh, they did not receive him. But it says here in verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them uh, that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of God, because they, just, they chose to receive Christ by grace uh, through faith in him. So it was that there were many that did believe, but some that did not. And it's sad if you look back to John 11, John 11, <clears throat> there were those that had seen the same things that these many that did believe saw and yet uh, had purposed in their heart to reject. And not only that, they went to report uh, what uh, was going on in verse 46. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. <clears throat> Let me say this. I'm sure that they did not put uh, a good face on what Christ had done. Uh, they were painting probably a, na a negative picture about what the Lord was doing. And let me say this, Christ did not come to stir up the people against Rome or even the religious leadership. He came to preach the truth as he is the truth, amen. And he wanted people, even those that uh, uh, fought against the truth and fought against him, he wanted even them to be saved. And yet they were making their choices not to. But in all of this, <clears throat> the Lord would... Uh, uh, be glorified, the fulfillment of his glory would be had. In John 12, look at verse 27, John 12, and beginning in verse 27. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned with the glory of God. It was not, uh, Christ was in one sense trying to lift up the Father and uh, point them to God for help, even in what he had done before <clears throat> and what have you. And then in John 11, <clears throat> we f find the Lord is, is and, and Jesus, and the Lord said to Jesus, you will glorify my name again. And I think he's speaking of what would come, what was to come in his uh, uh, crucifixion and what have you. And then look, if you will, to verse 47, then gathered the chief priests and Pharisees a council and said, what do we for this man doeth many miracles? You know, it's sad that, that in the face of what they really knew to be true, you know, no one is going to die and go to hell and reject God in one sense in ignorance. It's, if it is, it's called willing ignorance in the sense that they have chosen to reject God. No one will stand before God and say to God, well, I just didn't know. Baloney. They do know. They will know. Even as these men knew, they saw what was going on. They said in verse 48, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. <clears throat> you know, here it would seem they have a concern for the nation of Israel, for uh, their own people. And yet it's not really that at all. Matter of fact, as we talk about uh, fulfilling the glory of God, here we find these people reaching out against Christ. 
and if you will, trying to put the face of being patriotic, uh, putting on a patriotic face and saying, well, we're concerned about the people and our place and our nation. This Jesus is going to make a mess of it all. As we talk about the glory of God and the fulfillment of his glory, folks, how is it to be done? First, by the power of God. Now, these people represented authority. They represented a, a, a power among the, Jews, the Jewish nation, the Sanhedrin. And they put the face on that, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're concerned about our people. No more concerned than God, less concerned than God God was concerned for them in, in ways far, uh, far outreaching their put-on professed concern. They were concerned for their position. They were concerned as to whether people were following, would continue to follow. As a matter of fact, you know, they, they could see the, the crowds that followed Jesus everywhere he went. And they envied him because of it. As a matter of fact, Pilate said he knew that for envy uh, they would deliver him to be, to be crucified. You know, envy is a, is a very cruel thing. It's outrageous the way people behave sometimes because of the issue of envy. But there is a power that will bring the fulfillment of the glory of God. And it's not the power of these people themselves, but the power of God. Now listen, working through even those in a position of authority and responsibility. They met Christ evil, and God said, you know what, I'm going to take your own heart... And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to use your power and your authority to see to it that my will is done. You know, sometimes this world rejects God and imagines they're standing in the face of God and we're going to show him. Show him what? Who are we to show God anything? We're nothing. We are nothing without God. God created us. God created all of it. If you will, look with me to Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 1. Romans 13 and 1. Bible says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. God has instituted, allowed authorities to rise to power. And let me say this, without civil authority, you know what we'd have? Anarchy. Anarchy. You know what? Men will not govern themselves, so we have to be governed. That's why the law was given, because the Bible says the law is not made for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. To help them, to, have, to, to, to force some control upon them. You know what's sad is the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, and the, and the, the, the more wicked the hearts of men are, uh, the more evil they do, the more laws we have to make. You know what governs a, a Christian's life? The God in them. The God in them governs our conduct, governs what we do, our heart. You know what, folks? But the, the heart of the unsaved isn't governed by anything. Certainly not by God. But he goes on to say, Whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God, and they that uh, resist shall receive to themselves damnations. The damnation, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt praise the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. 
Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. You know, it's okay to pay your taxes. Taxes pay to help, supposedly help the, the civil government uh, judge that which is evil. Let me say this, we're talking about God established it for a good purpose. It does not mean that there isn't corruption involved in those that govern and civil government, what have you. But on the whole, on the whole, folks, we're to submit ourselves to the powers that are ordained of God. And here, the Sanhedrin, which was ordained of God to help rule among the Jewish nation back in the Old Testament, was established during Moses as he led the people through the wilderness. It was established for good, as all government, if you will, and even the religious government should have been for good. And yet in the midst of, of Christ's ministry, as in the midst of what he was trying to do for the Lord and glorifying God, they withstood him, imagining that they could somehow destroy him and destroy what he was doing. And yet God turns the tables on him and says, you know what? You're not going to destroy Christ. You're going to help him to fulfill, to fulfill my will and my glory in this world. In John 8, John 8 and 44, John 8 and 44. Remember who Jesus is talking to. <clears throat> He's talking to the Jews, in particular the leadership. He says, you're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not to truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You know what, folks? The devil is, is behind 99 and 9 tenths percent of religion today. And he is behind, he is the little g God of this world. He is, if you will, he, has, uh, he rules and reigns, uh, if you will, in some respects, among, uh, among the governments of this world and the governments that fight against God, that seem to want to resist God. And even in the midst of their resistance and rebellion against God, God will use even their evil to fulfill his will. In Genesis 50 and verse 20, Genesis 50 and verse 20. You know, it's interesting, I was talking to Brother Darren, we were having this deep theological discussion downstairs now. But we were talking about, you know, uh, I'm not a fan of our current president. Uh, I almost said Brother Biden. Ugh. That would have been a gaffe. <clears throat> but, you know, even in the face of someone like that being in, on the throne, not on the throne, but in the office of the presidency and those that are behind him, you know, we look at that and we could get discouraged and despair over what seems to be evil ruling and reigning. And let's not forget something, folks. God's on the throne. And that uh, even when they think and mean evil toward us, God means a good in Genesis 50 and verse 20. Genesis chapter 50 and uh, verse 20. Uh, here uh, uh, Joseph is dealing with his brothers after his dad has passed away. They're afraid he's going to kill him. I mean, he, is, he has the power if he wanted to. He says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it into good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. 
Now, you know, it's amazing sometimes how the evil hearts of men uh, seem to be against those that are trying to do right, and we think to ourselves, well, man, what good can come from this? And even Christ, they were, with, they were opposing Christ. They said, hey, listen, we have the power to do something about this, to stop this man, to help our nation, to put the, the noble face on it. And God knew what was really going on, and God said, okay, do what you may. I'm going to let what you're doing help fulfill my will, my purpose of glorifying my son and myself. You know, what an amazing thought that's going to dawn on some people that stand before God in judgment, that when they realize and they, they see their own evil and come face to face with the Christ that they opposed, and in their opposition they will realize that they actually help fulfill the will of God to glorify himself through his son on the cross of Calvary, they'll realize all of a sudden, you know what? We were the fools in opposing God. And you know what? Even in our opposition, God used it to fulfill his will. In Proverbs chapter 8, Proverbs chapter 8, Let's look, if you will, to verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride, arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. You know, we're to hate evil. He gives us the examples of evil. Pride, arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mind and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and uh, nobles, even all the judges of the earth. You know, folks, many in this world, I mean, even Biden, I, personally, I think he stole the election, but you know what? God let him steal it. God let him steal it. And sometimes we, we get, uh, man, I, I get mad enough to eat ice cream, amen. I get mad. And then I have to step back from it and say, wait a second. Is not God on the throne? Did not maybe God allow this? Isn't there a purpose that, that some great purpose is going on here that can only be fulfilled by certain things happening the way they're, they're going to happen? You know, folks, the Lord's coming again. And maybe what we're seeing in the White House and maybe things with COVID and all of this, maybe all of this is, is working toward the, the goal of Christ coming in, setting the stage for the Antichrist and the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you something. The Antichrist, the devil, they hate God. And they imagine that somehow they can stop God. I mean, why, how, I can't imagine how, how the devil can think that one day, I, he says, I will be like the Most High God. God created him. But you know what? He got enamored with his own beauty and his own ability to the point where it's blinded his own mind. You know, evil and pride blind people to what they are sometimes, really. And the devil, maybe even unwittingly, is going to fulfill the will of God, has and will, and then be judged for one who would oppose God. 
The fulfillment of the, uh, the fulfillment of the glory of God is by the power of God. Folks, even, now listen, even in the midst of those we believe to be and know to be evil. Do you know what, folks? <clears throat> Who can stand against God? Nobody. No one can stand against God. If he allows men and powers to rise to power, there is secondly, not only by the power of God, but by the purpose of God. I say repeatedly that God does nothing by accident. God is never confused. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Where there's confusion, there's usually sin and Satan. Folks, God is not confused. God is not the author of confusion. God is doing what he's doing and allowing what he allows on purpose. And sometimes we struggle understanding what the purposes of God are. But know this, God never struggles with it. God knew what he was doing when he allowed the Sanhedrin to rise against Christ. They said, oh, we have the power. And God says, okay, you think you have the power. But they didn't see the purpose of God in Christ. They did not see the purpose of God in Jesus Christ. They didn't want him to be the Messiah, the Christ. They did not want him to be the Messiah who had first to come and die on the cross of Calvary. They did not want that. Verses 49, John 11 and 49. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> hey, there's my serenade. <clears throat> John 11 and 49. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being a high priest that same year, said unto, unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one should die for the people, that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but uh, being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but them uh, that also he should gather together in one uh, the children of God that were scattered abroad." Then from that day forth, uh, they took counsel together to put him to death. Now, <clears throat> they had a purpose. And here's a man prophesying. Now, let me say this. There was truth in what he said. There was truth in what he said. And in one sense, God could very well have been speaking through him some of the truth of, of Jesus Christ. Look with me to Matthew 7. <clears throat> Did God call him? to be the, the uh, high priest. No, he, is, he was established as the high priest. God allowed him to be. Was he a godly man? No, he opposed Christ, and yet he even at times spoke some truth. In, in uh, Matthew 7 and 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now let me say this. These people were opposed to the will of God, and yet God would still use them to fulfill his will. Fulfill the glory of God. It goes on to say here, Benny will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? Couldn't you imagine that Caiaphas and some of these religious leaders imagine, hey, we're speaking the truth of God here. We're doing the works of God. Surely we're going to heaven. 
Then will I profess unto them, verse 23, I, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Do you think Caiaphas died and went to heaven? No, not unless he repented and believed the gospel. On one hand, he opposed God. He opposed Jesus Christ. And on the other hand, God's purpose would be fulfilled even with him. And you know what, folks? If he had, if he had understood if he understood the truth, he wouldn't have opposed Christ. If he believed the truth, he wouldn't have opposed Christ. But he did. Look with me to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21 and 1. <clears throat> the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Let me say this. Now, when I talk about the fact that God can turn the evil to fulfill his purpose. It's not, and I, I don't say that to endorse evil. I don't say that to say that evil's good, because it's not. But what I do want us to always understand is that God is sovereign, and his will will be done. His purposes will be accomplished. In Proverbs 21 and 1, the heart of kings is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he wills. Again, showing the sovereign power of God. Look at Proverbs 16 and 1. Proverbs 16 and 1. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now even those that would oppose Christ here in our text and, have, and others who have throughout history opposed the Lord himself, have sometimes God has spoken through them to communicate some truth to us. And you know what? This man, this Caiaphas, did not love the Lord, did not know God, and yet he spoke some truth. He spoke in one sense of the great purpose of God. Look at me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> and let's look at verse 8. You know, the Bible says, Unto me, who am, the le the, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. But he talks about uh, the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, what was at work here was one of the great eternal purposes of God in Christ. And this purpose could not be turned aside and God even used those that would make themselves the enemies of that purpose to glorify God in fulfilling it. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> and let's look at verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, now watch, this is important, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, 
But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in an unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Folks, Christ came into the world to save sinners. And folks, in order to do that, he had to go to the cross of Calvary and bleed and die and rise again from the dead. But he says, how be it in verse 16, how be it for this cause? I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show him forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should uh, hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto him, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now you know what, folks? God was working through Saul of Tarsus even before he was saved. God was using Saul as an instrument to attack the church in Jerusalem and send persecution to get them out of Jerusalem and get them moving forward with the work of the gospel and reaching others for Christ and establishing churches throughout the world. And in the middle of all of that, Saul of Tarsus got saved by the grace of God. He opposed Christ. He opposed the work of God. And yet he was a part of fulfilling the Great Commission in his opposition. Amen? Because God is God. You know, sometimes God allowed the persecution to light a fire under the rear ends of sometimes God's people. When we find ourselves apathetic and indifferent and lazy. Sometimes we get a little, God has to light a fire under us. And God did through Saul of Tarsus, who then finally got saved by the grace of God and was an example of the goodness and mercy and grace of God, long-suffering of God to other people. He could share the gospel that he had opposed, the very purpose of God, and yet God used him to help fulfill it, even as he did these Jews that opposed Christ. Look back to our text in John 11, see the last thing. <clears throat> The power of God is evident here in fulfilling the purpose of God, which is the glory of God through Jesus Christ. And then, if you will, John 11 and 53, from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness into a, a city called uh, Ephraim. And uh, was there, and there uh, continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief, uh, uh, the, now the, both the chief priests and the Pharisees have given commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show it that they might take him. Now, you know, folks, they were determined to take Jesus. You know, when you read some of this writing, it's like they were, they were encouraging people to uh, inform on Jesus. Sounds a little bit like the communists and the Nazis and everything else. You know, it's, you say one of these days, what if we end up communistic? Folks, God isn't dead. We can still serve God. And, you know, we'll, we'll have a, maybe a greater opposition, but maybe it'll cause us to live more for God. So you'd rather us be communistic? No. But sometimes, folks, you know what? When we don't use our freedom, we lose it. If we don't use our freedom, 
we'll lose it. God didn't give us freedom as Americans to sit on the stool of do nothing. You know, we ought to be praying that God allow us to be free, but free for a reason. Not free to enjoy all the wealth and wonder and all the good things in life. No, folks, be allowed to be free, not to use our freedom as a cloak of maliciousness. Amen. But rather as a servants of God, to live for him. <clears throat> God has a plan, though. He had a, there was power at work here. There was the purpose of God, and there was a plan of God. You know, their plan was grab him and destroy him. Grab him and kill him. It was God's plan that he be taken and put to death. It was God's plan that he be taken and put to death. Folks, God is still in control of this matter. Even when man imagines he is, God is in control. Proverbs 16 and 9 Proverbs 16 and 9. You say, should we oppose? Should we oppose this move towards socialism and then maybe communism? Absolutely. I don't think we should give in to uh, the foolish nonsense of the liberal Democrats or their liberal immorality or anything else like that. But understand this, if it rules the day one day, there's a reason for it. In Proverbs 16 and verse 9 Bible says, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Don't imagine for a moment that these Jews that opposed Christ weren't, didn't have a, an idea in their mind. It was not a good idea. It was not uh, to be a blessing to Christ. And yet, in the midst of it, folks, their plan was evil, but God's plan was to use their evil for good. Wow. Proverbs 20 and 24. Proverbs 20 and 24. He saith unto the wicked, he that saith unto the wicked, ah, wrong, 20 and 24. I went to 24. 20 and 24. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? You know what? These Jews, these Jews would have been furious with themselves had they understood that their plans were the plans of God. Their plans, in one sense, were the plans that God would use to fulfill His will. Look at Psalm 76. Psalm 76 and verse 10. Psalm 76 and verse 10. The Bible says here, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shalt thou restrain. You know, part of this wrath that they had against God in Christ would go on to praise God because it would fulfill the plan of God and the purpose of God. Acts 2, Acts 2. Look at verse 22. 
you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Now remember, uh, the, the crowd that wanted Christ to be put to death, they knew. They saw the miracles here. Peter's reminding them again of what they saw and what they knew. Now look at verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Do you see what's he, what he's saying in verse 23? He's looking at the Jews and saying to them, now listen, listen, you knew what Christ was, and you determined evil, but he said, he said something very important. Him, speaking of Christ, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, and God raised him from the dead. You know what they did? He said, listen, it was God that, it, that determined that when Christ would go to the cross of Calvary by you, they didn't determine it. God knew their wicked hearts, knew what men would do, and said, I'm going to use this to praise the Lord with. Wow. Wow. To fulfill the plan of God. You know, they hated Christ. They envied Christ. They wanted to destroy Christ. And God used their own wickedness to fulfill the great purpose of God. In, in Acts 3 and 18, Acts 3 and 18, Bible says, but those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, wasn't like these things weren't known to gonna, going to be happening, <clears throat> that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Even involving those that hated him. Acts 4 and 23, Acts 4 and 23 And being let go, they went to their own company. This is after they'd been threatened, even bodily harm their life for preaching the gospel. <clears throat> uh, went to their own company, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, why did the heathen rage? That's Psalm 2. Now watch what he's saying here. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered against, together against the Lord and against his Christ. That's what's going on. The beginning of it, this is what's going on in John 11. They're opposing God in Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Folks, you know what? <clears throat> we need to understand that God is on the throne. And that some things fall out. And the wicked, the wicked may oppose us and they may imagine that they're going to destroy us. You know, in e when Israel went down into Egypt, he went down 70 people. 
He came out a nation by the determinate counsel of God. And when the Egyptians essayed to destroy them, they flourished. Amen? They flourished in the midst of that according to the purpose and plan of God. And what a nation. You know, there's never been a nation like Israel. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. But it is the one nation that God brought into existence, brought out of bondage, brought out of tyranny and all of that to show this world that there is a God. You know, that's one of the proofs that there is a God and it's the nation of Israel. To follow their history is to know there's a God. And you know what, folks? God has determined things to be. He has determined that he be glorified. Look at Romans 11. Romans 11 and 33. <clears throat> Romans 11 and 33. Bible says, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For we have known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. To God be the glory. Now listen. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done and continues to do. Amen. When the world wants to destroy Christ, when the world wants to somehow oppose God, the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com. Thank you.